Well, praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word. Amen. And I'm glad to be here with y'all on this Friday. And, uh, you know, we've got uh, some wonderful things, exciting things on our end of things. Uh, our, some of our children and our grandchild is going to be coming in. Uh, some are actually flying in. Uh, making their way uh, today, uh, flying to one place and others driving um, all together. And uh, going to be a long trip for them, about a 14-hour drive, and I think the flight is about seven hours. So, But we're excited about that. Um, haven't never actually uh, seen or met, well, met actually, physically met, uh, my grandson, he's two and a half years old, so I'm really excited about uh, meeting him face to face and um, seeing him on FaceTime. But y'all know, uh, you know, FaceTime, you know, it's a good thing. I, I'm, uh, it's taken me a little getting used to, like I said, with all of these electronic things, even with this podcast, it's been uh, a bit of a, a struggle for me, and I certainly don't want to... Um, um, you know, make it sound like that, uh, uh, you know, that I, I, I don't have no sense, but <laughs> when it comes to, you know, electronics and things like that, I, I really uh, have struggled with those things for one reason and another. Um, but anyhow, we are excited about them coming in and uh, uh, we're going to be having a good time. They're going to be here uh, for uh, almost a week. And so we're going to have a, a great time just uh, um, spending time with one another. We're going to have some of our children here um, that we've adopted many years ago. And so I'm, I'm excited about that because, uh, you know, a lot of times as the adoptive children grow up and get on, go on their way, uh, you know, I, di I did see that with uh, some of them where they, you know, they turn back to their blood families and that kind of thing. And, and it's understandable with all that you learn uh, as you um, navigate your way through uh, preparing yourself to become adoptive parents and all of that. And so it's understandable uh, that many times that happens. But this is especially, you know, special to us, especially special to us because uh, they are actually taking the time out of their week and, uh, you know, and then spending the, the money that it takes to get here uh, just to spend some time with us. And so I'm just uh, over the moon, uh, <laughs> happy about what the Lord has uh, done with putting that together and um, certainly praying for them for a safe trip. So with that said, uh, I would like to... Um, uh, talk to you for a moment to kind of uh, lay our uh, groundwork as a podcast. I know, you know, a lot of folks, uh, they have a hard time with this particular podcast because uh, they can't see my face. And, uh, you know, they're like, you know, we see these other podcasts and you see everybody and, and all of that. Well, you know, all I can tell you, and I didn't set it up for it to be this way uh, as far as, you know, trying to move people over to the YouTube uh, channel. I know that some people think that, and they, you know, people voice things like that. Uh, but you know, the Bible talks about the fact that false accusation, and uh, we're going to be seeing that one here not 
too long down the road when we're looking at the things God hates. God hates false accusations, so don't be false accusing me now because that's not true. Uh, it's just that the way that the ball bounced and the way things went and how we uh, got it set up, I was um, leaning heavily on my son, uh, one of the ones that's traveling here, this going to be here this weekend. And, uh, uh, you know, I want to see what he can do to see if he can help us uh, to maybe get things going as far as uh, maybe a camera going in here. I don't know. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. But, but you know, like I've said to folks, I say, you know, you, if you're so desperate to see my, my ugly face, <laughs> then y'all can, uh, you can go to the YouTube uh, channel that we have called The Eunuch Preacher. In the word eunuch, I spell it, and I'll do it again and again and again because there's some people that just don't know how to spell it, and sometimes they, they do for a moment and then they forget. So it's capital E-U-N-U-C-H. That's capital E-U-N-U-C-H. And it's the eunuch preacher. And you take those three words, they're separated, but each of the letters of each of those words, the eunuch preacher, the, the first letter of each of those words is capitalized, uh, the words are separated, of course. And uh, you, you search that on YouTube. And we have our worship services that we have on Sabbath uh, service for our ministry. Now, uh, we are not a church, uh, but we are a ministry. And uh, so we have our own worship services that we uh, do. That is our main worship service for reaching the lost is our Sabbath worship service on Saturdays. And, uh, and then our Wednesday night Bible studies, and they're all under the eunuch preacher. And so you will be able to differentiate the, between the two because one will say Sabbath service and the other will say the Wednesday night Bible study. So, uh, you know, um, but there is a lot uh, that uh, you can find on there if you're interested in what our ministry is about and what we teach and all of those things. But um, uh, what, the main thing is, you know, we are reaching the lost. That is what God has called us to do. The Lord has moved on us uh, to uh, start all of this. It was not even my intention. I mean, if you would have uh, asked me, uh, you know, just maybe just even two years ago, uh, you know, two, two and a half years ago, would I have thought that I would even be doing anything of the sort? And I would have told you no. Because what I originally had started doing, I, I didn't even have a podcast. I, I didn't even, that wasn't even in my mind to do, uh, it, nor, a, a, you know, a YouTube uh, program for a ministry. Uh, I had started out with, uh, my son helped me set up this uh, little cooking show that I was trying to do on YouTube. And, and uh, you know, it went for a while, but then uh, after much prayer, I realized that God was using just that little cooking show that I did for a bit on YouTube, uh, you know, here in our home, um, and I, I, I realized that God uh, was wanting us to use it as uh, our, our foundation to understand, look, I wanted you to get used to, you know, it's, uh, it's what the Holy Ghost spoke to me, that he wanted me to get used to this uh, uh, filming and all of these things because he was going to be thrusting us into this ministry that he was giving us. And so I certainly was not going to argue with the Lord uh, when he began to um, push me to do that. I, I did. Uh, and you say, well, why would he have to push you? You say, the Lord don't push. Well, I, you know, when I say push, I guess 
what I can say to you is, uh, you don't think that Jonah wasn't pushed in, in one way or another? Do you know the story about Jonah and the whale? Don't tell me that man wasn't pushed. <laughs> the Lord sure enough did. Uh, you know, now, now the thing that is, God is not going to uh, force himself on you as far as you wanting to serve him or not. That the Lord's not going to do. Uh, he's going to knock. And uh, he's a gentleman, if you will, you know, in that sense of the word. He's not going to just throw open your door and say, here I am, I'm taking over. The Lord's not going to do that. The Lord is going to uh, uh, knock. And uh, he's wanting you and I to open the door uh, for those of us uh, that have been lost at one time. Uh, you know, God is going to come and knock and then and expect us to open the door and to invite him in. Because what the Lord don't want is to force himself on you. Uh, he loves us. He wants us all to be saved, but he wants us to make the decision to serve him. Because otherwise, you're just a robot. God don't want no robot serving him. Now, you know, a lot of people... Uh, they've got all kinds of twisted ideas uh, that I look at in the scripture and I see in First Timothy in chapter 4 that the word of God says in the last days there'll be devils of doctrines uh, or doctrines of devils, excuse me, I said that backwards. I, I do that sometimes. I get my letters backwards, I get my numbers backwards, I get my sentences backwards. Well, anyway. But in the last days there are going to be doctrines of devils that are taught that's what it said and not only that but are you looking uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's first timothy let me make sure that that's first timothy and not second timothy i'm gonna go there right now because i know it's either first timothy or second timothy and i absolutely know it's chapter four and verse one but uh, i'm gonna make sure it's uh, either first or second because i want to tell y'all correctly i don't want to incorrectly tell y'all all right let's see um First Timothy, yes, uh, it is. It is actually First Timothy, and it is chapter four and verse one. As I said, in the word it says, "Now the Spirit," and that word is capital S. So that's talking about the Spirit of God, folks. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. You know, in other words, look, he's being very clear about this. This is not something that he's not being clear about. But he's going to tell you something. He said the Spirit is telling us very clearly that, and there's other meanings to that word expressly, but uh, for you to really get the thrust of what's going on, uh, the Spirit of God is trying to ex very uh, clearly and decisively uh, explain that in the latter times, some shall, so when you hear that word shall, it's talking about something going to be happening in the future, shall depart from the faith. And that word depart means that they're going to abandon the faith. They're going to walk away from the faith. And you see it. You see it with prominent people. People who have been baptized with the Holy Ghost in fire. And you know now we ourselves, we're, you know, we're, we believe in the oneness of God. And uh, you know a lot of uh, Trinitarians and the oneness, you know, the oneness people and the Trinitarians that go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But you know, I, I've listened and I've looked and I've seen uh, Holy Ghost filled preachers that are Trinitarian. I'm not saying that I haven't listened to them because I, and that I haven't been blessed. I absolutely have. Uh, but um, 
uh, and as well as uh, you know those those who have uh, made up their mind that they're going to walk a different walk they're going to come out from among them and be separate like God says to do and I've seen uh, some Trinitarian Pentecostal churches that put some of even the oneness uh, people to shame as far as their holiness walk some of them have got a mind to live for God and live a holy life. And we better get our mind made up to do the same. Hallelujah. But some, uh, uh, you know, uh, they's going to be, uh, and I, I brought that up because there was one very prominent uh, Pentecostal, he was Trinitarian, but very prominent uh, Pentecostal man uh, that was a singer. He was a bishop and all of this. I don't want to mention his name now, but y'all probably full well know who I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, and he fell in a deep, deep way. And, uh, you know, the Bible says here that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. They're going to depart from, the, from the, uh, that word faith. It means the tenets of beliefs. That's what it means. Those things that were first uh, given to the saints of the living God. Uh, like uh, the book of Jude, you know, the brother Jesus, and he said uh, in verse 3, there was only one chapter, and he said in verse 3, he said, you know, I came to tell y'all, now he didn't say, well, y'all, I'm putting that in, but y'all know, uh, he said, y'all, uh, listen now, because I was first originally just going to talk about common things of salvation, just some of the basic things of salvation, he said, but it was needful. It was needful that I come and tell y'all, you got to hold on. You got to contend. And that word contend, you're going to go to war. You're going to fight. You're going to battle. You're going to struggle. There's going to be a struggle in the spirit, hallelujah, to fight for those things that it said was first or once delivered to the saints. Now, when you look at the word first delivered to the saints, it means what was delivered to the saints one time. It meant to be told one time and not to be changed and turned around to something else. That one time, that one moment, God don't have to sit there and tell you over and over. No, he said, I told you this is what's going to be in the first and the beginning, and that's what's set for the church of the living God and ought to be. And so I've looked and I've seen even in, in the Trinitarian uh, Pentecostal churches, those that I have seen, I've, I've seen other. Now, I, I've got to tell this to y'all because actually that is where I was baptized with the Holy Ghost. Uh, in, in, in the 70s, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost uh, in 1977, I was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire in a Pentecostal Church of God, which uh, uh, was uh, known as, as a Pentecostal uh, Trinitarian Church. Uh, but this Pentecostal Church of God, they had very strong holiness standards and all of that, uh, that, um, uh, you know, many... Uh, are not continuing on any longer. Many uh, Trinitarian Pentecostals that once hold, held to old-time holiness standards no longer do. And uh, But uh, he said that the, the writer, uh, the Apostle Paul, speaking to Timothy, he said, you know, they're going to be in the latter days. He said some that are going to, uh, they're going to depart. They're going uh, to literally abandon uh, the tenets of faith and, and he said, and not only that, in verse uh, 1 of chapter 4, he said, the giving heeds to, to seducing spirits. Now, that's a little less. Talking about those demons and those devils. They are seducing. They literally seduce. But do you know that the Bible says, you can't be seduced if you are walking with the Lord and staying full of the Holy Ghost. Did you know that? 
You, you can't be seduced if you stand full of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so you got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But once you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you're gonna, you, that means you're in the Spirit, but you got to be walking in the Spirit. And they're two different things. Walking in the Spirit, being in the Spirit, and walking in the Spirit are two different things. Because you can be baptized with the Holy Ghost. I've seen it time and again and time and again. Where people have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And uh, and at that moment in their life, you know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 5 and verse 32 that God gave the Holy Ghost to those that obey him. So at that point in time when they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, they gave their heart totally and completely over, uh, saying, Lord, I, whatever you want, whatever you need from me, whatever you got going on that you want to do for me, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin, and please forgive me and take me and use me for what you want. You see? And then... Uh, you know, and they go along and they're walking along. And this happened to me because I backslid more than once. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been there down that road. And, uh, and, and you know, you get to that place where you're no longer staying full of the Holy Ghost. Now, if you're half full, you're not full. You hear what I said? If you're three-fourths of the way full of the Holy Ghost, you're not full. Now, I'm going to say something else. If you are 99.99999% full, you ain't full. You got to be 100% full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. This is what the Bible teaches. How, and, and we see that with Stephen, the first martyr of the church. He was full of the Holy Ghost when he was being stoned. Yes, sir. That's what the Word of God says. Do you think he would have been able to go through what he did by and speaking the words that he did while he was being stoned if he hadn't have been full of the Holy Ghost? No, sir. No, sir. He had uh, that, that, that Holy Ghost down in his soul, but he made sure, I tell you what, he made sure that he stayed full of the Holy Ghost. You say, well, how do we do that? Well, the book of Jude tells us, you know, Jude, you know, I tell people this all the time. I say, you know, the word of God tells in the book of Peter that God gives us everything, everything that we need uh, for life and godliness. It's the truth. Everything. God gives us everything we need for life and godliness. And so, uh, and and I, I, matter of fact, I'm going to read that. It's in 2 Peter chapter 3. It said, uh, uh, chapter 3. Let's see, Second Peter chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ, or Jesus our Lord, in verse 3, according as his divine power have given unto us all things, hallelujah, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Hmm? Through the knowledge, go on now, through the knowledge of him that have called us unto glory and virtue. Well, then you better get on and study about the Lord. You better learn about the Lord, the knowledge of him. You see, it says it comes through that knowledge. As you begin to know the Lord, as you begin to walk with the Lord, as you begin to uh, seek out to the Lord and all that he has for you, you will find that the Lord absolutely, 100% gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. Amen. Now, as I said, I was going to go on to book, the book of Jude for a moment because in the book of Jude, uh, you're going to find uh, that uh, what Brother Jude said. Let's see. We're going to go on there. And that's the book right before the book of Revelation. But listen, you say, well, how in the world do I stay full of the Holy Ghost? Well, listen now. Uh, 
it, it, it says in verse 20, because there's only one chapter, it says verse 20, But ye, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then verse 21, it says, Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Huh? But you've got to build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now, I know that when I've done studies in uh, the book of Corinthians, you know, a lot of argument about speaking in tongues and all that. And, and even in Pentecostal circles, it's amazed me that even in the Pentecostal circles, there's arguments uh, about it and, and people saying uh, certain things that uh, God never intended for us to say about uh, tongues. But if you um, if you will study it out, and if you look in First Corinthians chapter fourteen, now a lot of people they're not going to read all of these things in a, a proper manner. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over. But if you continue to read through chapter uh, fourteen, there is a place and a space where the Lord begins to talk about those who are speaking in tongues. And I'm looking while I'm talking. I'm looking. I really am. I'm looking uh, for that verse because I know that it's in here. Um, but it's talking about for those where there's not going to be an interpretation. And then that person would be speaking and they would be uh, speaking in tongues. And the word edifying is there. They edify themselves with the Lord. That word edify means to build up. And it's, it's literally attached to the fact that the person is speaking in tongues. And so uh, praying in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues while you're praying uh, go together with building up your most holy faith. Now, I'm still looking for that verse. I know it's here. And if I can't find it right now, I will absolutely get it. And on the next podcast... Uh, because I'm trying to talk and read at the same time, uh, I've had a tendency to try to do multitasking, if y'all know what I mean. Um, let's see now. And I know this. I know it's in here because I've read it. And I, matter of fact, it was such a, a wonderful thing when I saw that because, uh, you know, as I, I kept studying and and um, and learning different things because, you know, there's so many people that... Uh, are not um, completely understanding all the word of God when it comes to tongues. They, they really are not. All right. Now, if you look, let's look at verse 2 and 3 of chapter 14. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men. Pay attention now. He's not, he's not speaking to men. Okay, when, when a person is speaking in tongues, they're not speaking to men, but unto God. You see? So when we are speaking in tongues, the very first thing that everybody got to understand. So on the day of Pentecost, when they were speaking in tongues, they were speaking to God. And, and they were glorifying God. That's what was being said. And you know that because some of the people that heard them speaking in uh, their languages, which these people obviously did clearly not know, uh, they said, how is it that all these Galileans would know these languages? Because the Galileans were known to be uneducated and all that kind of thing. Well, the, the, the thing of it is that sometimes God, uh, when people are speaking in tongues, I, I have heard of missionaries where they've gone to like Mexico and they 
see people that only speak uh, Spanish. They have no knowledge of English whatsoever. And when the people are baptized with the Holy Ghost, a lot of times they start speaking in English, very clear English. And and so uh, that that in and of itself is a, an amazing thing to, to see, no doubt. Uh, but an unknown tongue is simply meaning that that person that is speaking in those tongues, they don't know that language. They don't know what they're saying. I've heard people speak in tongues that sound like a uh, uh, Native American language. I've heard people speak in tongues where it sounded like they were speaking uh, either Chinese or Japanese or something, not knowing for sure, but it certainly sounded that way. Now, so it says, but he that speaketh in an unknown tongue, and so because uh, there's there's things that got to be understood, so certainly the Apostle Paul wrote it, and he said, uh, he said, they speak un an unknown tongue, speaketh not unto man, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. All right? Now, that's another thing. No man is going to, to understand that particular thing. Now, you say, well, how is it that, you know, somebody over in, uh, uh, you know, Mexico uh, would have uh, been speaking in tongues and they... Uh, and they don't know. Well, what is what it's meaning is those that uh, it's happening with those that is taking place with they they don't understand those things. They they don't uh, get. And I'm sorry that my dog is barking in the background, and I don't want to have to get up from this podcast and go in there and tell her to be quiet. But I know she sees a dog that's running around, and I do apologize for that. Uh, but I know that because I saw them go past uh, the window here of my podcast room. And uh, they went around to this uh, side over here of our house where there's a park. And I'm sure that that's what my dog's barking at. So I do apologize for that. But uh, it says, for no man understandeth. Now, there's a, there's a word there. They add it in saying him. No man understandeth him. And that word was not in the original text. It's added there to try to get an understanding. But actually, sometimes those words that have been added in, uh, not meaning adding to the word of God, but some uh, in the translation, some people uh, they added in certain words uh, that would kind of give, try to give that is more clarification in the language that uh, it's being translated from. Because sometimes uh, certain languages don't add in certain things that would uh, probably be there in the English language, and so they try to add it in. And sometimes in doing so, it it actually can cause people to become more confused so but the better way to see this is for no man understandeth and that makes it more clear for you to understand that that person is speaking in tongues and maybe even those around them might not even know what's going on unless there would be someone just like on the day of pentecost because none of the 120 or so people that were speaking in tongues understood what they were saying they didn't know what they were saying until other people came in from other areas and they heard them and they understood because they could hear that language. And so remember, we've got to take all of the word of God into account. Don't take one verse and try to make a doctrine out of it and try to twist things up because that's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to get twisted up. And so that's really where that meaning is coming in and an understanding about it. This is uh, verse 2. And how be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. 
because it would be a mystery to him. He's talking and he's saying things. When I've spoken in tongues uh, many times in my prayer time and all of that, and even when I was first baptized with the Holy Ghost, I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew that I did not have control of my tongue. I knew that something was moving my tongue, and I was uh, speaking things that I, I literally uh, had no control over that. that was, and by that I mean I was not making it happen is what I'm trying to say. Now, obviously, I was allowing myself uh, to be given to God's spirit, but uh, in allowing God to take over, God was doing uh, the speaking through uh, with that Holy Ghost coming through. Howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Another, and that's a little s meaning inside your spirit. You, you don't know what you're saying. Your spirit inside you. So if you you don't know, think that you know what you're, you know, you say, well, I know exactly what I'm saying. And, 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 you know, and there's a lot of people that will twist it up. There's a lot of uh, denominations that will twist this up because they uh, will say, well, tongues have ceased. They absolutely take a verse out of context and, and twist that because uh, tongues have not ceased yet. That ability to communicate through uh, speaking, through language, has not ceased yet. Now, how that it will be that we communicate uh, in the future, I don't know. But uh, the bottom line is that there will be, um, you know, tongues will cease at one time. Uh, now, uh, some people say, well, that's talking about, um, excuse me, i got to plug this back in. You know, I'm really having a day here today. I accidentally kicked the plug, and I had to plug that back in. So I'm I'm just batting a thousand here today. Uh, but anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks uh, they misinterpret now a lot of things. Uh, a lot of people say, well, that could mean uh, like I just said. Some people say, I guess that's how I should have actually worded that. Is that some people their doctrine is that it means that language will cease period, and so on, and that somehow other people will communicate, and that's probably the better way I should have said that. Then there's others that um, will say, well, this means the speaking in tongues, the actual uh, act of speaking in tongues, that there'll come a time when it's going to cease and it's not going to be, and a lot of uh, the, uh, the teachers of this false doctrine, uh, you know, First uh, uh, Timothy, uh, what did they say in chapter 4? He said there's going to be doctrines of devils. And I'm not saying they are devils. What I'm saying is the doctrines, some of these doctrines, they come from devils. And people don't know that. And, you know, and that that's the sad part of it. So it's, a lot of times people are teaching, they don't even realize that it's coming actually from uh, teachings of devils because they don't want people to believe that you can still be baptized with the Holy Ghost. But for those millions... Okay, we're talking millions of people that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost, even, even today, that are walking around right now today that can tell you they've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Uh, the devil don't want anybody to believe that. And so they will discount them and on and on and on. But for those that you understand that tongues have not ceased, uh, uh, that there is a uh, absolute uh, uh, clear uh, word of God that states that we will be baptized with the Holy Ghost and speak in other tongues, uh, taking these verses in, into proper context, you see that, uh, you know, first you know you're speaking an unknown uh, tongue. It's not something you're going to understand. You're speaking to God. And, uh, and, and that 
there's mysteries there. You know, whatever it is, there's things that are unknown. And uh, and then verse three it says, "But he that and there's other meanings to that word of um, mysteries as well." Okay, because uh, there's clear evidence that in the day of the church that this day that has come. The church age, if you will. Now, some people don't, some ministers don't like to use in the word church age or whatever, uh, or dispensations or different dispensations or whatever. Well, uh, for for lack of a uh, of 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 a better way of putting it, so that people can understand, I'm just going to say church age. So, in this church age, or in the period of time from the time the churches began on the day of Pentecost until today, right now, even so, God has been pouring out His Spirit. And, uh, the, you know, the devil don't want people to acknowledge, uh, to, to be able to come to an acknowledgement of that. They, they just, uh, those devils don't want that to happen. And, and so they will uh, move on people. Now, here's the deal. The ones that are saying, come on now, you got to hear me now. The ones that are saying tongues have ceased, they're the ones that are not speaking in tongues. You understand what I'm saying? And there are millions of people that are that are saying, look, this is still happening because it's happening to people right here in our churches and so on and so forth with our individual people that we know that have been baptized with the Holy Ghost and they're trying to tell them and they're not listening. And so those folks can be susceptible to whatever the enemy is looking to do to tell that lie. Okay? Because it's a lie. And you and I, I said all that, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be done with that here, um, but I said all that for a reason because we have been talking about the things that God hates. And we have turned a corner. We've been talking for quite quite a lot of podcasts about uh, pride. We've been talking about uh, how God hates uh, the proud look, and we've really, really talked a lot about uh, this thing about pride. But the, but we've turned a corner. And so, y'all, we're we talking about lies. You know, because it's one of the things that God absolutely uh, hates. He hates that. And so, in Proverbs chapter uh, six and verse seventeen. The second thing that God uh, on God's list is a lying tongue. A lying tongue. That means you lie. You use your tongue to lie. That's a lying tongue, and God hates that. He don't like that. So you know, I I go along with allowing the Spirit to move uh, in the direction they need to be going. I know that I've been talking for almost thirty five minutes now, uh, but I did want to. Uh, give this understanding because look at verse 3 it says but he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification in other words those that are preaching those that are uh, you know through all of all of that and it says an ex exhortation and comfort in other words those that are up preaching the word of God you know it, they are clearly speaking words of edification or ex exhortation uh, or comfort you know whatever the spirit of God is leading through the ministry of preaching the word prophesying can be translated preaching and so verse 4 it says he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself well that word 
edifieth means to build up. And we saw in uh, uh, the book of Jude that it says building up your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. All right? And so they are one and the same uh, meaning. And we can see that he that speaketh in, a, in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Because when you are speaking in tongues, uh, you do feel this building up inside of you. You feel this edification. You feel the Spirit of the Lord uh, uh, strong and mighty inside you as you're speaking in tongues. I remember probably about, I don't know, it's been maybe a couple months ago, and, and the Lord and I, we just had such a wonderful time. It was, I had never, it, it was something that really made a mark on me. And I was all alone. And I, you know, and, and I had some things that were weighing heavy on my mind. And I'm, I'm not going to go into all, all of those things. But some th things that were really he weighing heavy on my mind. That even to this day, some of it I'm still still dealing with. Uh, some of it concerning people and just, just things going on. And, uh, and I just felt myself, I was talking to the Lord. Like I'm talking to y'all, you know. I was talking to the Lord and I was just telling him, you know, this burden and how difficult and how heavy this is. And, and, and Lord, you said your burden is light and I just, I, I just need your strength. If, if, if this burden has got to be, maybe this is the light portion that you want to give me, but it feels heavy, then I need you to give me more strength because I really, really need it. And I, and I just kept talking like that and I was, I would literally begin sobbing and crying to God because of everything that I was dealing with, and some of it's still dealing with right now, uh, and and just crying out to God and pleading with God, and Lord, I need your strength. And I tell you what, I begin to speak in tongues, and as I begin to speak in tongues, and the more that I did, 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 the more that I cried, and the more that I spoke in tongues, and the more that I cried, and the more I spoke in tongues, and I tell you that room, I just felt the presence of God. Hallelujah! Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I felt the presence of God come in that room and just absolutely baptize my soul. Hallelujah. And, uh, you know, it, it was a mighty moment in my life. And, and I can say that to you so that you can understand this really is true. You can pray in uh, the Holy Ghost, uh, building up your most holy faith. And that, in turn, as you can see in chapter 3, uh, you know, or chapter 4, excuse me, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church so uh, there is a point and there's more to that as well um but when you are speaking in tongues there's a time when you are also edifying yourself and there's a lot of people that miss that point because then it goes into talking about tongues and interpretation which is a whole different issue because it, it is brought about in a very specific manner you can there's a change there's a shift that takes place when there is a tongues and interpretation to come about and then of course uh you know it, it talks about how to go about managing that but that uh, you know, not everybody could be uh, speaking in tongues and, and that's all that's ever gotten done because, uh, you know, somebody that's going to come into the house of God and they all they hear is just people speaking in tongues and there's no uh, word going out and there's no, uh, you know, interpretation or there's no preaching going out and, and everybody just speaking in tongues, it's going to become very confusing. And so that's basically what it is. And there is a gift of tongues which uh, is different 
than being baptized with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. It's not the same thing, and the scripture clearly states this. But also the scripture clearly states in chapter 14 that there is this place and space where people can go and you're speaking in tongues and you're edifying yourself and you're speaking to God. It's between you and, and the Lord, and there's that edification that goes about. But then also in chapter 14, it also gives a very clear understanding about how to manage tongues and interpretation because God is going to continue to use that. And that has been used in our ministry uh, at times when God has given uh, us a word through tongues and interpretation. I've seen it happen in, in churches as well. And, and, and it has to be done decently in order, just as the scripture says. Uh, but with that said, we, we're talking about lies. It's one of the things God hates. God hates lies. He hates a lying tongue. He absolutely hates a lying tongue. Now, the thing of it is, some of these folks that are, you know, they're well-meaning. I'm telling you, they some, there really are some some Baptists. I'm not saying they're not. You know, I used to be a Baptist. I've been a Baptist for 12 years or so. Uh, first 12 years of my life. Taught that way is what I mean. But, um, you know, there are many, I've seen them, I've met them, I've talked to them, sincere Baptist people that really do love the Lord. But, but it doesn't mean that there's not more for God to give to them in understanding and learning and, and all of that, especially concerning the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so, you know, for anyone and all people that are desiring to reach for the Lord and to serve Him, I, you know, my heart goes out to them and I pray for them and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, really uh, encouraged to see when people are moving from one step to the other because, you know, that's where I started. You know, I, I was uh, raised for the first 12 years of my life as a Baptist and then uh, we, my mom just kind of left that all behind. Uh, everything Pentecostal church that she was originally raised in and then left finally originally uh, I mean originally that was and then finally left the Baptist church that my father uh, took her to when he married her and um, you know my mother was 18 when she got married my father was a bit older and so you know that's uh, where she went because that's where he went uh, but when my father died, she continued on in the Baptist church for a while. And then once I was 12 years old, my mother had so many emotional problems that took over. Uh, that was what led her life for a long time. So, but, um, and I thank God, I will say this. I thank God that my mother did come back uh, the last few years of her life uh, before she uh, went on to be with the Lord. She came back to the Lord and uh, was... Uh, filled up with the Holy Ghost again. I don't mean that she was baptized again. She was, uh, had already been baptized with the Holy Ghost, but she didn't stay full. She didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. And so she was, when you're, when you, when y'all don't stay, listen, I'm talking about myself too. When any of us, you understand when I say y'all, I'm talking about everybody. When we don't stay full of the Holy Ghost, then the Bible tells us that the devil go about seeking whom he may devour. And, and if you stay full of the Holy Ghost, the devil cannot devour you. He cannot because you're too full of the Spirit of God. You've got to be full. There cannot be any little crack somewhere uh, for the enemy to come. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, there can't be any place in the wall. Now, I talked about that. I did a message one time talking about the walls and how the walls need to be repaired and people need to, to, to take their place at the wall and repair the walls where they were at and make sure that the enemy is not able to get in there. But, you know, the first... 
order of business is uh, if the devil can can absolutely convince somebody that they not people are not getting baptized with the Holy Ghost anymore. That's one of the biggest, widest doors that can be open for the enemy to run in and and to deceive people. And 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 what it does is it deceives them with lies and says, well, now the Holy Ghost ain't giving out no more. That's not true. People are still being baptized with the Holy Ghost. I've been baptized with the Holy Ghost. Now, as far as I know, I wasn't born 2,000 years ago. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Anybody that says you was born 2,000 years ago, you're a big liar. And you say, well, why do you say that? Nobody says that. Oh, I beg to differ with you. There's people that have actually said that they are very, very old, that they've lived thousands of years, and people believe them because people are susceptible to believe in lies. You see? And the reason is because you need to be baptized that Holy Ghost. You've got to have that Holy Ghost down in soul so that the Holy Ghost will lead you and guide you into all truth. Into all truth. The Holy Ghost is not going to lead you into believing a lie that somebody's 2,000 years old. You see. But this, folks, I heard of a, a, this woman. Uh, she swore up one side and down the other that she was just, you know, hundreds of years old, I think even thousands. Uh, and, and people believe her. And then there was a, uh, another couple. I think there was a married couple up in Australia, I believe it was. And that man ran, ran around. He said he was Jesus. He said he was Jesus come, come to the world. And, and, and his wife was Mary Magdalene. And did you know there were people that believed him? And they had, had a following, following. Well, these people are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. I can tell you right now, they are not baptized with the Holy Ghost. And if they were baptized with the Holy Ghost at one time, the reason why they've been able to be absolutely fooled by the enemy as he goes around seeking whom he may devour, he was able to get them because they didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. And so we can see in the book of Jude, he said, pray in the Holy Ghost. He said, how do you build up your faith? Praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what it said in, in verse 20. You saw it. And then you look in verse 14 and read down verses 1 through 4 and you find that speaking in tongues, it is going to build you up. You see, speaking in tongues. Because it says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Verse 4. So you can't get away from that. And that is right before it starts talking about tongues and interpretation, which is a whole separate issue. But what people like to do is they like to run the whole thing together, the whole chapter together, and then they, it convolutes things because the Bible tells us to rightly divide the Word of God. So you've got to put each of these things in their place, in their proper place, what God did himself. But, uh, you know, uh, this, is, this, is, uh, this is actually an age-old problem. I mean, the devil did it way back in the garden with Mama Eve. You know she did. he did. He fooled her. Because she explained to him what God said, and then if you pay attention to what the devil said back to her, he takes, you know, the devil, what he does is he puts a little bit of truth mixed with a lie. But a lie is still a lie. You understand what I'm saying? And the Bible say uh, in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 17 that it is something that God hates. God hates a lying tongue, you see. And so if... You're going to lie and say that people are not really speaking in tongues. I've actually heard these explanations from uh, different people that don't believe in speaking in tongues. Well, they're, they're, if you don't believe in it, it ain't never going to happen. God, how are you going to believe? How are you going to be baptized with the Holy Ghost if you absolutely believe it's from the devil? There's no way you ever would. 
Because you're so determined that it's of the devil. Well, I got I, I got a little newsflash for you. Don't you know the devil told you that lie? Because he doesn't want you to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. He absolutely don't want you to be baptized with the Holy Ghost. So he will do whatever he can. Because he knows, he knows that Jesus said in chapter 1 of the book of Acts, in chapter 8, he told them, he said, y'all, uh, well, he didn't say y'all, but he said, I want you to go and I, 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 I want you to go and I want you to tarry, go to Jerusalem, and I want you to wait there for the promise of the fire. You're going to be endued with power. You're going to be endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. That's power straight out of heaven. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. And so it is that uh, God is still sending down his power straight out of heaven. God is still baptizing people with the Holy Ghost. But I will say this. If you say and you believe the lie, because it's a lie. It's a lie. And this is why God hates the lies. You know, a lot of times I think when people read that, they see it says a you know, God hates a lying tongue. Well, a lot of people make it look like, you know, well, then God's just a mean old God because we all lie. Well, we may all have lied, but we don't all lie. They're two different things. You may have lied in the past, but if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost and you're staying full of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is, is not going to uh, allow you to feel comfortable in lying. You're going to change the verbiage of what you're saying. You're going to make sure that you are not lying, you see. And uh, so, but these folks that, listen, do you know there's people that are telling lies and they don't even know their lies? That's really sad. Because when you have doctrines of devils that you're teaching, a lot of times people, and I'm not being mean and hateful, I'm really not, I'm just trying to press through. There's a lot of folks that don't like my, my words and they don't like the way that I said, but God put a fire in my mouth. And he said, I want you to go tell them. He said, they need to be warned. Because, uh, you see, the, the thing of it is that people, many times over, they teach in doctrines of devils and they don't even know that they're doing it. But see, the devil, he's the one that's the daddy of lies. You know, he's the one that is the father of lies. The Bible says God cannot lie. Now, the devil, on the other hand, he's a liar. And he will do whatever he can, and he's going to use lies. And in that, there is going to be doctrines of devils. Now, we saw that in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 4. There, and verse 1, there is absolutely devils of doctrines. And you have to understand that the devil is going to make sure that those doctrines have a backing of a lie. Okay? Because it's going to stand against what God says. Now, it might look similar. Okay? Because a lot of people don't know this. And it's not that I'm full of knowledge that people don't know. I'm not saying that. It's just things that I've learned, but I'm just saying, I know there's a lot of people that don't know this uh, just from talking to folks. But a lot of people, when they hear the word antichrist, they think it means he's going to be the complete opposite. That's not what that word anti means. I know it sounds like it, and I know a lot of times we use that word anti in the way that, uh, you know, that we mean that it's the opposite of something or whatever. But what that word actually means is a likeness or a similitude. Because the Antichrist is going to come. He's going to be 
standing against Christ, but he's going to have a similitude of him because he's going to be able to fool people because he will be able to raise the dead. He'll be able to heal the, heal the sick and do many, many things that the Lord did when that Antichrist comes. And so a lot of people will be fooled by those lies because those things are lies because he's, he will say he will go into the temple that will be built uh, by the Jews. You know, they're, they're, they're searching even now, uh, searching for the plans and all of that, the ashes of the red heifer, all of so many different things they're looking for, uh, and, and, uh, and, and looking for the plans of the new temple. And I, I uh, you know, the new temple that's going to be built there in Jerusalem. But, um, and the Bible speaks of that. And, and you know, and I, I've looked at some of those things uh, and, and the quest that many of them are on. And I, they are doing uh, due diligence uh, to do everything that they can to get that done. But the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation that there's going to come a time. Uh, it's a time of desolation. And, uh, you know, Satan or the man of sin, uh, Satan field man, uh, the Antichrist, he will go in there. He will walk into that temple one day and declare himself to be God. But see, the whole time he's fooled people repeatedly over and over and over and over with all of the things that he did that was so similar to what Christ did. But what people won't see is the behind-the-scenes sinister uh, murderous ways that will be with the Antichrist as well. In other words, when the Antichrist comes, you know, everything is going to look, um, you know, good and, and, you know, proper. That that way, that look, it's a lie. And it will be portrayed. Why do you think so many people have phones now? You know, I listen, when I was young, now we're talking about the, the things that God hates, Proverbs 6, chapter 17, and we're on the second thing, uh, the second thing that God hates, the lying tongue. So we're talking about these things. And we're going to be talking for about this thing too, just like we were talking about the, uh, a proud look, the first thing God says he hates. You see, and why do you think it's, it's the first thing on the list? Because pride is what took Satan down. It's what got him kicked out of heaven, pride. And, 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 and he told lies to a third of the angels. Well, he told lies to all the angels, but only a third of them believed and, and fell with him. Now, you know, Satan, I think some people, they actually think Satan's stupid. But I, there's verses in the Word of God that tells us that he is quite intelligent. Matter of fact, he's intelligent than any human being. And he can see things. You know, when, when you're doing things in secret that is against God, he sees that. Now, he personally may not see it because he can't be omnipresent like God, but he's got a third of the angels with him that does his work. They follow, they see, they look, you know, and, and there's rank and file. You see it. If you look in the Word of God, uh, you see that because it talks about principalities and powers when you look in the book of Ephesians. Let's go to the book of Ephesians because uh, I, I want to make sure that people, you know, some people think I'm just, that I just run my mouth and, and, and they say, oh, well, you, don't, you know, you'll say something about some scripture and then you don't go there. All right, so let's go to Ephesians, and I believe it's in chapter 6. Um, oh, I'm in Philippians. No wonder. All right. 
Yeah, chapter 6, and, 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 and look at verse 12. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness, of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, when you take this verse and you study this verse and you look at this, these things here, the word principalities, there is rank and file in the spiritual realm. Okay? There's spiritual wickedness in high places, and there is rank and file. There's powers, certain rulers. They have, uh, because of the fact that they were in heaven, uh, Satan uh, saw the organization of the Lord God. Uh, you know, I, it bothers me when people say, well, I don't like organized religion. Well, do you know the God of heaven is the most organized uh, ever would be? Because if the world was not organized in the manner that it is, don't you know the sun would be coming up against the earth? Don't you know that everything would just completely fall apart? God is a God of order. And so stop mumbling and complaining that the church had to be uh, uh, an organized uh, system. That's the word of God. You see it over and over. But you know, people want to argue. And you know why they do that? Because they want to find an excuse not to serve God. Because they got a mind to live in their sin. And see, what that is, is the devil talking to them and lying to them, telling them, look, this is your body, it's your mind, and, and so on and so forth. That's a lie the devil's telling you, don't you know? It sure enough is. It's a lie the devil's telling people. And people are believing it over and over and over. They really believe that their body is their own. But, you know, uh, that, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible don't teach that. It sure enough don't. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked because I was trying to read this right here. But if you go to Galatians, I'm going to hold my place here real quick. And Galatians, and you go to actually, no, it's not Galatians. I'm sorry. It's 1 Corinthians. It just now dawned on me. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm sure that's where it's at. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and, uh, da, 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 and I think it's verse 19. Oh, let's see. Yeah, it says, uh, verse 19. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19. It says, what is a question? But, but, but he's trying to ask me because these people in, in the Corinthian church, you know, they was like some of these other places like San Francisco, and I'm not saying that for any specific reason, but uh, it's a port city and there's all kinds of wickedness there. Uh, it's Seattle, same thing. It's a port city and there's a lot of uh, wickedness going on there. And, and a lot of time when you got that going on, there's a port city where there, there's people that come and go from all over the world. Uh, even Houston, where I'm at, you know, there's a port city and people come and go from all over the world and all that kind of thing. Uh, you got... Uh, all kinds of wickedness moving around through there because you've got different types of uh, devils and demons uh, that uh, move different people. And as they travel back and forth through these port areas, these are some of the wickedest places. Now, I say that because Corinth, uh, the place of Corinth, it, it was a very wicked place. but It was a port city and people come and going all, from all over. And so you've got all kinds of wickedness there. There are all kinds of uh, uh, temples to all kinds of devils and, and all of that. And you you know, when people began to get saved there and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, they, they've got all of these things that they came from. And, and some of them, they, they bring those things with them and they don't understand when they, uh, you know, some of them didn't understand. Well, no, you, you can't keep that up. You can't do that. You, you, and you got to teach them. And you say, well, uh, the Holy Ghost will automatically give them all knowledge. That's not what the Bible teaches. 
The Bible says there's going to be people that are going to be uh, pastors and teachers, and there's a fivefold ministry. Uh, the Word of God gives us the apostles that gives us the Word and the foundation of the Word of God, which are we, which is what we're going to in First Corinthians chapter six and verse 19, nineteen through the mouth of the apostle Paul. He said, "What?" Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Do you understand that? We're a slave to Jesus. We've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Stop putting those tattoos on your body. You need to glorify God in your body. Don't tell me you're putting a tattoo on there with some scripture. Bible don't tell you to do that. And so it says, glorify God in your body and in your spirit. That's a little less. It means your spirit. In your spirit. Which are God's. They don't belong to you. He's the one that gets to set the rules. Not you. Not me. He's the one that gets to set the rules. You see. But a lot of people want to do it their way. But anyway, we were talking about that spiritual wickedness and how. And see, it goes along with that what was said. You, you know. People don't want to hear that your body don't belong to you. No. And they want to say, oh, well, we live under grace so we can do whatever we want. The Bible don't teach that lie. And there's another lie. And people are believing that lie, but it's not true. It's just not true. And so, you know, the thing of it is what we're fighting in chapter uh, 6 of the book of Ephesians and verse 12 it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood this is not flesh and blood that we're wrestling with and if you think that we don't wrestle why do you think that we have to have on armor don't tell me we ain't wrestling the Bible says we are and and and, and when you look at that it said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood we're, we're, in, we're in a different battle we're in a different fight here folks we are fighting spiritual things. We are not here with uh, guns and knives and all of that, which is the world's uh, way of doing. That's their weapons. But the people of God, we've got a different uh, armor and we've got a different weapon. We've got a sword, but our sword is not like the sword of the world. Our sword is the word of God. It tells you that if you keep reading. But the thing that is in chapter 12, it tells you in the same chapter right here. That the word of God is our sword. Alright? And so it's not like God leaves us without something to fight with. But you're going to have to use what God has given us and use it in a proper manner. Because, uh, you know, you you don't get to uh, do it your way. Wait, verse 17 of, of this chapter, verse 6, it says, Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit. And that's a capital S. The sword of the Spirit. It's the sword that the Spirit of God... Hallelujah! Thank you! It's the sword that the Spirit of God uses, which is the Word of God. That's what it says. So what we're reading out of right now, I'm talking to you, I'm speaking with the sword, and the Spirit is slicing and dicing and cutting, and there's bleeding going on in that Spirit realm right now as we speak the Word of God. Because when you use the Word of God, you see, <clears throat> that sword is going out and it's doing a job of exactly what a sword's supposed to do. It's a fight, my friend. It's a wrestling, my friend. And chapter 12, it tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers. When you look all of those words up, go look them up. Principalities, powers, rulers. You will see very clearly when you look those words, go get a concordance and look them up. 
All right, if you got to save up some money or you got to go to the library if you can't afford it, because my concordance, my mother bought me one for my birthday many, many years ago. That thing's so falling apart because I've used it so much, but I just keep holding on to it because they, they're expensive. But uh, the bottom line is, if you can't do that, go to the library and get one and uh, pull one up. See if they've got a concordance in the library if they ain't tried to pull that up. Pull that out of the library. You know how it goes because we're in a spiritual battle. And, 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 and the library. Don't you know that the devil has made up his mind that he's going to try to fortify libraries? Do you not get that? You say, why would he do that? Because things that are read is what goes into people's minds. Do you understand? Things that are read go into people's minds. And Satan knows that. He's not stupid. All right? And so that's why he's trying to take over the libraries. He's trying to fortify them. You see? And so, verse 12, we're wrestling against this. But this is not a flesh and blood war like you would have, uh, you know, in, in the flesh. There's, there's, this is the reason why I tell people, look, I absolutely believe 100% because of not just this verse, but several others, that we Christians, we are in the army of the Lord ourselves. So we ain't got any business being in another army because what army? You tell me what armed forces would allow you to join the Navy and the army at the same time. You know you couldn't do that. You know you can't. You can't be a part of the Air Force and the Navy at the same time. You know you can't do that. You cannot. And so it's no different in the spiritual realm. Look, when we are called to the Lord, the Apostle Paul told, the, told Timothy, he said, be a good soldier, a soldier of the Lord. We are all soldiers in the army of the Lord. We are all soldiers. And, and you say, well, whoa, whoa, whoa. that means a soldier fight. Yes, a soldier fights. But God has given us clear direction here in chapter 6 of the book of Ephesians what that fight's about. It's a spiritual battle, chapter 12, or chapter 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this world. Okay? And, and, and against spiritual weakness, it makes it even more clear. And it's, it doesn't say and, it says against spiritual wickedness in high places. This is a demonic power that we fight. It's a demonic power. And so then it begins to go on. Now, if you look at verse 11, it makes it very clear. Clear. It says, put on the whole armor of God. You can't leave none of it out. You can't leave any of it out. But that's what the devil wants uh, people that claim to be Christians now. He's lying to them. You say, what do you mean? Because people that claim to be Christians, they won't put this whole armor on. And the devil has lied to them. And they're believing those lies. Okay? But it says put the whole armor of God. It didn't say put the armor on. It didn't say put the armor of God on. That's not what it said. And every word matters in the word of God. It absolutely matters. That word whole armor of God, it matters to use that word. Why? Because this is God's sword. And God's sword, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. God's sword is put together in the right way. And the whole armor of God means exactly that. It means everything that God says about the armor. All of it has a portion of, of importance. Okay? They all function together. But you've got to have every piece in order for it to function properly. Because the thing of it is, if a soldier goes out in the battlefield 
and you don't have all of your armor on, don't you know the enemy is going to see that and they are going to literally go right for the part that's not covered. That, that's what they're going to do. You don't have your helmet on, boom, they're going to blow your head off. I mean, I'm talking about a physical, literal physical world. If, if, if they saw that you didn't have, uh, you know, uh, that certain pieces of armor, we're talking about how that people used to, uh, you know, you see these, um, you know, have you ever been in like these really old uh, homes, well, not homes, but places that, are very old. I think that you can find so much of it, like if you went over to England. Now, I've never actually been to England, y'all, but uh, I, I have uh, been there on my phone. Y'all know what I mean? I mean, I like to look. That's something. I try to do some positive things with my phone, and I, I said to myself, well, if I can't go to Hawaii, I want to look at it, and if I can't go to England, I want to look at it. I can't go, uh, you know, to the safari, African, the African safari, then I want to go, I want to look at whatever pictures are available, and so that's how I get my um, traveling on, you know, uh, and then I don't have to get a visa and try to get all those shots you got to get and all that. I can just click on my phone and look it up. So, you know, <clears throat> if you will go and you Google up some of the armor that uh, soldiers wore many, many years ago, they, they had all this uh, type of armor. Uh, you know, this is what, remember when David and Goliath fought and all those different types of armor, you know, Saul tried to get David to put it on and he put it on, he couldn't even move. You know, he said, no, no, no. He said, I can't wear this. He said, he hasn't, uh, you know, used it, learned how to use it and all. He said, I can't use this. And it took it off. And, of course, he came to him. It's, it's just a little boy that he was, or young man, teenager, that he was. And he had his slingshot. And, uh, but, he, but he had something else that nobody could really grasp. And that was, hallelujah, that was the power of the living God that he trusted implicitly to fight his battles. Now, but, you know, when we say that God fights our battles and that God has won the victory, well, we believe that, we understand, because, uh, you know, but the thing of it is, the fight's not over yet, okay? And when I say that, that doesn't mean that the end has not been already told and, 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 and wrote. The end has been told and wrote, and we know what it is because we can read it in the Word of God. We know what the end's going to be. But in the meantime, I said to people like this, I said, you know, it's kind of like for us, we kind of like in a time warp where we're just kind of slowly moving through. But one of these days, the story's going to come to the end and the devil's going to be wiped out completely. And that is the story. But we know for a fact that he's not wiped out yet as far as fighting against us because we are still wrestling with this uh, battle that we wrestle and all. We know the Lord is the leader. We know the Lord is the one uh, that fights on. But it says we wrestle against these things. We are wrestling against these things uh, because the enemy wants to destroy us. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy us. So God said, I'm going to put this armor on you. It's going to protect you. I'm going to be fighting for you, but you're going to put this armor on, and you're going to have to understand this is a battle and a fight, and you're going to have to obey what I'm saying. And so uh, God tells us to put on the whole armor of God. But the devil doesn't want us to understand that we've got to have all of the armor on. He wants to lie to you. You say, well, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I've already been on this podcast for an hour and ten minutes, and I probably should let it go because <clears throat> people are probably going to start getting bothered by the fact that my podcasts are getting so long. And uh, I'm not really setting any specific time. I'm just going with the Holy Ghost and all that. And I know that I've got to, I've got to hone it up. 
I, I get that, and I've got to bring it on in uh, and, and spend only a certain amount of time and then bring it back. You know, the Bible says here, there, here a little, and there a little. But I, but I want to leave this with you, all right? There's different things that each of these pieces of armor that we have, what they represent, okay? And you've got to have each of those things on. You've got to have each of these things on. You've got to have all of the represent, representation of the armor of God on. Uh, because if you don't have it on, the devil's going to know you don't have it on. All right? And I'm going to leave it you with this so that you understand what I'm saying. If you don't know the Word of God, do you know? Now, I'm not talking about a new convert. So I don't want no new convert getting all freaked out and say, Oh, I just became saved and I don't know the word of God. No, look, God understands the position of each one of us. There are babes in Christ. There are those who are growing in Christ. There are those who are well established in the Lord. And, uh, and, and so, look, the Lord knows where you're at with that. Don't you worry about that. But you do need to understand that you got to learn the Word of God. This is how what we read earlier, the verse that talks about through the knowledge of the Lord, uh, we, we, we learn about the things that God provides. That's what said in Peter, remember, in Second Peter. And uh, we, we learn about the things that are given to us through the Lord for life and godliness. Okay, And so these are things that are, are there for, for our learning because look if if the devil can get in and destroy you spiritually it is also going to destroy you physically now now some people just don't it just does not ring to them they don't get that but if the devil can destroy you spiritually he literally can destroy you physically you see and so uh yes it's very important to understand this is a spiritual battle the devil don't want you to understand that so what he gonna do is he's gonna have uh lying preachers and lying teachers that are gonna say hey everything's all right don't you worry don't you worry you don't need to worry about all that well why would a preacher even talk like that why would a preacher not say look i'm, I'm gonna give you two two things here before we leave it's frustrating to me that they are preachers out there that are lying to people and telling them they don't have to repent. Now, that, and, and I'm going to say something to you preachers that are doing that. You're going to go to hell if you don't repent of that. Now, I heard a preacher yesterday say, oh, you know, people should, preachers shouldn't be saying who's going to go to hell and who's not. No, I didn't say it. The Word of God did. You're going to go to hell. I'm just warning you. You are flat out going to go to hell because you're a false teacher. If you're teaching people that they don't have to repent, that's a lie from, from Satan himself. And he has somehow found in you something that opened the door to him so that he could give that lie to you and you've taken it and you've ran with it and you're feeding people with that lie. And, and, and the Lord wants to deliver you, yourself. Because the thing of it is, here's the deal. The Bible talks about hell, and it talks about hell in this way. That those who taught others, the false teachers, those that taught the false teachers, you're going to have a worse place in hell than those that followed you. 
Doesn't that scare the living daylights out of you? That will scare the living daylights out of me. And so uh, you, you, you better wake up and smell the coffee or smell Jesus. You better smell the truth. You better get that Holy Ghost. That Holy Ghost. And if you tell me you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, I'm going to tell you, you may have been baptized with the Spirit, but it's not the Holy Ghost. All right? Now, if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost years ago, then I'm going to say, okay, if you really were, then you didn't stay full of the Holy Ghost. And, and the devil has been able to lie to you, and now you're going around telling lies. Well, that's what's so important about wearing the armor. And so... With that said, I want to leave you with this, just so that people understand what I mean when I say there's certain things about uh, the armor and what it does for us. All right. So, for instance, it says the word uh, the the and the sword, verse seventeen, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word. Everybody understands a sword is not. Uh, to do anything but what it's made to do. Okay? You understand that? A sword is made for a specific reason. It absolutely is made for a reason. Now, when you look at the Word of God, you can find very clearly in certain verses, it says that, the Word of God, it tells what it can do, how deep it can go. It can get between the bone and the marrow. It can go very deep. So this is a type of surgical thing that sometimes God may have to do surgery on us using a sword of, its, of, of a sort, the spiritual sword, the Word of God, surgically removing those things that are poisonous and those things that are deadly and those things that are uh, uh, destroying us spiritually. And as the word of God goes forth and it begins to go deep down in your soul, it is to cut out. You know, sometimes uh, when people have had surgery, they've had to cut out very large chunk of, of, of certain things in the body that might have been needed uh, for proper functioning, but because it's been so overtaken by cancer, they've had to dig further and deeper to get it all out. And 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 so there is a, a, a wounding of sort before there's healing, and that may take a while. And so this is what the Word of God does. It can go deep inside. It can cut out things that need to be cut out. But the other thing that the sword does is it fights or it's used to fight. Excuse me, it doesn't fight without somebody behind it to fight with it. But you've got to have that sword to fight the enemy. Because the sword, it can do the good of turning to maybe surgically remove something from you so that you are not overtaken by something horrible that's just going to eat you alive spiritually. Something that you've gotten uh, down in your soul maybe a lie that the devil's told, and it's so deep inside you that God has to go deep in there and to try to pull that out. Well, how do you think God's going to do that? He's going to do it through the Word, and how's He going to do that? Through preaching and teaching that you may hear, and it begins to reach. Hallelujah! It begins to reach and do very carefully exact cutting 
that needs to be done to pull out whatever it is that's inside of us that needs to come out. And then God will begin to do a healing. You see. And, um, you know, you can't tell me that God don't do those things. Bible says, you know, who, what, what son would God uh, love if he didn't chastise us? Look it up in the scripture. Look up the word chastising. God, God, he does chastise those that he loves. Because the Bible says if he didn't do that, we would be bastards. Now, that's his, that's the word of God. It says those words. But, you know, his children, he's going to watch over us. And when there's times that something surgically needs to be uh, used uh, to take something out that is spiritually damaging us, God is going to take the sword, the word, and begin to cut those things out. But at the same time, the sword is used to fight the enemy. And you're going to need to know the word of God. Let's say, for instance, somebody come to you and they said, well, don't you know the word says this? And they take you to the verse that talks about they shall take up serpents. And they go and tell you that you could go to their church and, 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 and they got rattlesnakes in there and you can go down there and pick them up because the Bible says so if you have faith. Now, I can tell you right now, because if that person is, is, number one, not trusting the Lord that God has said, literally, out of the mouth of Jesus to the devil himself, not to tempt God. If they at least know that, they would know that person's lying to them. If they would at least know that verse, they would know, no, because the Bible says not to tempt God. Now, it doesn't matter what they say afterwards because all of these people that are snake handlers that claim to be Pentecostal, they're not Pentecostal. They are lying. They're liars. You see, there, there are actual people that are false uh, teachers and they take certain things out of the Word of God and they twist it, they turn it in a way that literally puts the people of God in danger or, or potential people of God in danger, Okay. So the sword is the word of God, and it literally can function as it needs to spiritually in the spirit realm, because it is a spiritual battle. This is spiritual wickedness that we are, are fighting. So with all that said, I, I, I'm hoping that, uh, I, you know, that the Lord has uh, allowed my mouth to be used and speak maybe some things that have helped you or encouraged you or blessed you or strengthened you in the word of God. I really I really do. Because, listen, and I, I do want to say something that I, I probably have been needing to say. I don't, I don't purposely try to go around offending Trinitarians. If you're Trinitarian Pentecostal or any Trinitarian for that matter, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm not trying to offend you um, at all. It's not my purpose. Um, but we do believe emphatically that there is one God uh, here at this ministry, as, as well as millions of other Christians that believe that there is but one God. And, and, and no, we don't deny the Father. That is the furthest thing from the truth. We absolutely do not do that. Uh, you know, we are, we are very much <laughs> clearly uh, understand what the Word of God talks about the Father. But... I want you to, to know that I'm, I'm not trying to offend you and I'm not trying to hurt you. I do have a very fiery mouth sometimes when I'm talking and I'm preaching 
And some people hear me on the YouTube and they probably just think I'm just being so hateful and I'm not trying to be hateful. Uh, I do want to impart the truth that, that is clearly seen in the scripture. Um, but I, I do know that there are people that are Trinitarian that truly do love the Lord. I, I do believe that. I'm just praying that God will give you uh, some some direction to um, to begin to just at least take the time to consider being baptized in Jesus' name and looking at those scriptures and, 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 and consider it. You know, talk to the Lord and say, if you've been baptized with the Holy Ghost, you know, the Bible says that, that the Lord baptizes us in, into the church by one spirit. And so I want to say that, um, but with me saying that, I want to make it perfectly clear that uh, we who believe and teach the oneness of God, the doctrine of the oneness, uh, Colossians 2, verse 9, you know, all the fullness of the Godhead dwelleth in Jesus bodily. Understanding that God fathered a body and that uh, that that body, it was the son of the living God, absolutely 100%. But we know that there's but one spirit. The Bible says so. And when it talks about the Holy Ghost and God's Spirit, it talks about uh, Jesus, uh, the Spirit of Jesus, that God will baptize us with uh, the Spirit of His Son in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 6. And so when, when y'all, you know, hear me talk like that, please don't be offended. Please try not. Uh, You've got to understand, I am doing my best to teach uh, the Word of God as it is written, the whole Word of God. I'm not trying to be hateful or mean to nobody. I love y'all, and I pray for y'all, and I, I would just be so, I mean, I would be just, I don't know how in the world to say it, uh, just absolutely tickled uh, to know that somebody has somewhere along the line come and been baptized in Jesus' name. That would be a wonderful thing. Um, but with all that said, uh, we're going to head on out of here. Um, we've got a, a, just. I'm just so excited about seeing my children and my grandson is coming and uh, being able to enjoy um, this time with them for these next few days. And so with that said, uh, we uh, will not be having a Wednesday night uh, Bible study that's loaded up. Uh, we're going to be spending time with our, our families. But you can certainly uh, go and look at the archives that we have of our Wednesday night Bible studies and pull any of those up and look at them. Uh, and uh, encourage you to do that. And that's on our uh, YouTube um, channel, which is called The Eunuch Preacher. And again, like I said earlier, uh, all three of those words, they begin with the first letter being capitalized, The Eunuch Preacher, the capital um, beginning of those letters, uh, words, excuse me. And the word eunuch, again, I'm going to spell it, is it capital E, U-N-U-C-H. The Eunuch Preacher. And this is the Eunuch Preacher Ministries. And uh, I, I talk uh, on a lot of our um, uh, worship services in the Bible study. I talk a lot about, uh, on and off, about why it is called the Eunuch Preacher. Uh, I've given some some things that I uh, allude to and then some things I'm just very direct about. Uh, but in any event, we certainly want to get the whole Word of God out there. So join us again on this podcast. Uh, you know, we, we endeavor to do uh, 
this, which is to be about our father's business. Because if you're not about your father's business, then what you doing? You know, if, if you're serving God, why, why are you not about your father's business to reach the lost? And we have a mind to say these things, that we are to reach, preach, and teach. Reach them so that they might be uh, introduced to the Lord and preach Jesus Christ and Him crucified and risen from the dead and then teach, teaching them how to live for God. And so that's what so much of our Wednesday night Bible studies are about uh, on our YouTube channel, The Eunuch Preacher, is, uh, you know, just teaching people how to live for the Lord and walk with the Lord and all those things. So with that said, uh, I'm going to be out so I can uh, spend uh, time with our family and our children for the next few days. Just really looking forward to it. And I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful weekend and a wonderful week yourself. May God bless you and keep you in his hand and his care. In Jesus' name, we're out.